welcome to episode 85 of Attention Plus with Arnab Ray. I am Vikram Mohan and we are recording on the 17th of May 2020 India time. And also this week on Binge On, we have four amazing Telugu comedy classics. And uh, WhatsApp Geeks, of course, brings you up to speed with what's happening in the world of tech. So look for Binge On and WhatsApp Geeks in your podcast player. And now the guy who watches all the news so that you don't have to, your host Arnab Ray. Hey Arnab. Hello and 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 what Telugu comedies uh, were this? Was this Chandra Babu Naidu was included in them? <laughs> no, but we do. Uh, uh, we have uh, Telugu comedies from the time we were growing up. So, okay, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, just, I just had to. I just had to say that. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, so, hello everybody, and today we will uh, again. I'm. I don't know where you are listening to this. Uh, I don't know where you are on the. on the path of being locked down free uh, i am in as most of you would know by now your regular listeners i am in los angeles where apparently the lockdown is going to last for three more months um which i find alarming um after they said that of course the mayor of uh, los angeles he basically dialed that back down and said when i, I when he said three months we said there will be some restrictions it's not that these level this level of restrictions will stay but looking at what the what those restrictions are i think it's safe to say that uh, most companies most retail stores won't make it out of the other end alive because um, for instance at least as far as i know they are trying to make all you know apparel shopping um, kind of the way bookstores used to be in india growing up where the books were not displayed you had to go there and you had to point to a book and they would bring it down like they were a bag of condoms a box of condoms or something so the books were not if you go to college street there is no space for like an open bookstore where you can just kind of browse so you go there and normally right. you didn't even go there and you couldn't see the books because most of it was not displayed they were up there in some storeroom so you came there knowing what exactly you needed to buy and you say and they were mostly textbooks so obviously there was no notion of browsing so you just go and say give me gun gupta dash gupta statistics and you would bring it out from somewhere upstairs can i ask you something so, though yeah. just because you brought this up so uh, this is very similar to this place called uh, koti in hyderabad where we could rent books so was that also possible in calcutta yes there was a elur library i think that was the name but that was a that was again that was a library in the sense no, no, you could walk here through. you you could go to koti and buy all your textbooks for the year and next year you return it to them he will direct 20 rupees and give you the money back okay no no we didn't have anything no, no we didn't have anything like that we had uh, we had second hand bookstores in 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 gol park um there was uh, and then that was i mean gol park second hand bookstores were mostly not um were mostly not textbooks they were mostly um foreign uh, paperbacks uh, and there were certain there were certain bookstores which uh, sold uh, basically there was shanonda magazines which were published and so they sold second hand shanonda magazines which that was not what was being sold inside the shanonda magazines were these hardcore porn pamphlets <laughs> which you would get from and and, and there there was a story behind that so they those would come from ships from khidirpur and they were usually imported illegally of course by german sailors so they would ask you do you want debonair or do you want german stuff so german stuff was considered to be like the highest level supremo level and they were called german stuff again i, I have no idea how i know this but uh but i know it uh, so they would so 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 these these magazines and there were some specific shops where they would be hanging with clothes like clothes clips down and they would be kind of inserted inside and the cops would come and they would the first things they would reach for you would think would be those shanonda magazines there were why would why would the cops come from shanonda magazines you would think but that was the thing so it would you know the moment they knew that there was a cop coming <laughs> or something everybody knew what they would in suddenly find those clothes lines there would be a hook and that was why they were hung like that you took the hook down that whole thing went in so i, I don't know i was going to talk about pakistan cricket and i You know, I know, I but know I, I just had about... one more question too. Yes. Um, I, I don't want to distract you from the main topic, but <laughs> also uh, I should have asked of, this of German porn. Yes, go on. Before uh, we started, but uh, did you see this entire uh, uh, thing about uh, Inox protesting against uh, many of the movies coming directly on? Yes, I did, and I and I tweeted. I'm sure the yes. the dinosaurs sent a letter like this <laughs> to the, the meteors. <laughs> yes, saying please don't. So you know, for those of you who haven't seen, this was this. 
when I saw it, I first thought it was some kind of parody or something. And then I know it's serious. So, so Inox sent out an open letter to uh, content producers saying, don't skip the movies. They're kind of passive aggressive know. too. They, they didn't die. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah, how dare them. you? You know, it's it's almost it's almost like Greta Thunberg wrote that uh, that mail, and it's like how dare you uh, not 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 give it to us uh, and and go directly OTT. Now, for me, I think it's it's for, first of all you you wanted to tell them, hey, you did the exact same thing to single screen theaters. So you know, stop with the cribbing. This is just history catching you. Um, and honestly, I I I just don't see. Um, and this is not just a criticism of the indian of the indian cinema going experience but also a criticism of the us cinema going experience tickets are just like 50% of the cost the rest 50% is the like triple four times marked up food that you have to eat there and the drinks that you they, you know if you're watching a 3 hour movie you'll have to have something and the fact that you cannot take your own food and your own drink so this is for me you know the the reason why i think that it's time to do away with movie theaters. I don't think that the experience of movie watching, I mean, that's why you buy your tickets for it. Okay. The tickets are to pay for the experience of movie watching. So when I pay over here, 12 bucks, 13 bucks, that's it. That's for the experience of what that's all that I should be expected to pay. And I should be allowed to bring my food and my drink from home. That should be the fair thing to do. True. But at least in the US, you don't. You're not subject to ten minutes of maneuver ads, and we. Cook. No, you're not subject. No, but you're you're subject to you're subject to trailers, and you're subject to you're you're subject to advertisements also. So you're subject to, essentially paid. So before you go to the movie, there'll be a thirty minute like, um, almost like episode playing, which would essentially be somebody discussing forthcoming attractions on television. So they're obviously paid things. So it's not like Virat Kohli talking to you or it's not those kinds of ads or Sangam Beauty Parlor. For those of us who grew up in Calcutta, we know exactly what Sangam Beauty Parlor is. Um, this was an advertisement which used to come after, before every movie. Sangam is the name. Sangam Beauty Parlor, we have no branch. Um, but you have something similar in the, in the US also. So it's not that there are no paid spots. And I'm fine with paid spots. I'm fine that the, you know, okay, all right. That's, that is the limit to which I'm prepared to sit through. Okay. I've bought tickets. I still get had to have to see the advertisements. I still have to see the trailers. I'm okay with that. It's the food and the drink. And again, if it was fair price, then it's fine. It is not fair price. It is triple four times what it is outside. Like what it is like 30 seconds outside. And that to me, is and, and especially when somebody goes to the theaters is not you're not going alone it's a family event so you you you, know, you go as a family so it really adds up and if this is the first thing that falls at the altar of a covid-19 world i at least am not shedding tears for this model at <laughs> absolutely. all absolutely i don't think it adds if they had just kept again if it was a movie i i understand paying for the movie watching experience in a big theater i i get it it's not the same as watching in your living room but again for that, those guys need to go. If somebody, it's, it's, it's basically the late fee model of Blockbuster. I mean, that is what actually led to Netflix. If they didn't have that, then nobody knows if, if Netflix would have taken off as it did. The fact that you were not penalized, like double the cost of the rental for one day being late, that itself was the first thing that even initially when Netflix didn't have a huge selection, when it was purely DVD mailing, that was its unique value proposition that, hey, you pay this fixed amount and if you don't if you don't watch a movie you keep that as long as you want to just pay the monthly fee that's all there is nothing known as late fees so ultimately after some time and it was found out that blockbuster actually made way more money from its late fees than it made from its actual rentals and so after some time when netflix started competing when it was still a 50-50 thing blockbuster actually did away with late fees for a while. Oh, okay. And yeah, and because they realized that's the that's the thing. But by that time, Netflix had kind of you know had that momentum, and it just went forward and just blasted one of the biggest chains out. They totally destroyed it. Anyway, so I'm not shedding any tears for uh, for multiplexes at all. Okay, all right. So coming to the main topic for today. So I don't know if you guys have been following or even care for uh, Pakistani YouTube. I do. Um, watch it, it so is, that we don't have to again. Yes, I watch it so that you don't have to. 
So Pakistani YouTube is essentially a, a mishmash of recordings from Pakistani TV channels, which are in, intensely uh, entertaining. I mean, my most favorite ever um, Pakistani TV thing that I've ever seen was Veena Malik doing a live exorcism. Um, I don't know if you've <laughs> yes. seen that video. Yes, um, yes. you shared it. So, I've seen it only. I, I, I have shared it multiple times. In it, I think that like five minutes basically captures everything about Pakistan. It is like the spirit of India. That is the spirit of Pakistan. Literally the spirit of Pakistan. So in it, um, there is Veena Malik. Somebody is calling Veena Malik on like a live phone call-in show. And there is a Malvi who's sitting there. And then um, uh, this lady suddenly gets possessed by a ghost and starts talking in a the voice becomes like that. I'm not making it up. That actually happens. And then, and then, and then because it's Pakistan, the first thing the Maulavi, the second thing Maulavi asks is, Kya tum Musalman ho? Asks the ghost. And the ghost says, Main Musalman nahi hu. So that by that, it establishes who he is uh, and what religion he belongs to. Or she, I don't know um, whether ghosts have religion. Um, in Pakistan, they obviously do. Uh, and, and and it just becomes and it just becomes just five minutes of absolute minority hatred. Um, I mean, it it would have been fun had it not had that subtext not been there. And it's it's still fun. I wouldn't say that it's 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 not fun. I mean, it, it, if it's still there on YouTube, I strongly encourage you to watch it. Bina Malik's exorcism, but that kind of captures in in five minutes, kind of encapsulates what uh, what Pakistan TV is mostly about and. Sometimes when I see Indian television nowadays, and I think that we are kind of going the same way now. Um, some of the things that I see on t- Indian television channels, I think where 10 years ago I used to make fun of that on Pakistan TV. Now we're doing pretty much the same thing. Of course, it's not that level of hatred, of course. Um, but it's still, it still makes me cringe, some of the things that, that we see. But no, we haven't yet gone to exorcisms. Fingers crossed. Or can I say crossed? Anyways, so what I was doing was I was I was I was following a Pakistani YouTube, and there is and what's happened over the last year, I think after the World Cup, was that Shohei Bhakta started this YouTube channel. No, well before that, Ramiz Raja started a YouTube channel, which was a sponsored YouTube channel. Of course, it was Ramiz Raja, so nobody wanted to watch it. He's in <laughs> tremendously boring. It's tremendously. Manjrekar YouTube channel. Yes, it's it's he's like the Pakistani Sanjay Manjrekar, and he also gets like uh, he. I don't know if you've seen. There's an epic. There's an epic uh, battle between him and uh, uh, Muhammad Yusuf, aka Yusuf Yohana. On have you seen that? So there is no. So what happened? So there is this epic, you know, battle of uh, you know battle on. So what happens is this was when uh, oh god. Uh, this was not when not Salman, but who's the other guy? Mohammad Amir was uh, was kind of given permission to come back to the Pakistan team, and Ramiz Raja went on television to say that this guy shouldn't be playing. Um, you know, he tainted forever. He should not be allowed to come back into the team. And Mohammad Yusuf totally lost it on television and said and told Ramiz Raja that you know, look, we all know how good a player you were. You should be ashamed. Okay, don't don't talk about cricket. Okay, some he said something like your English and something is obviously much better than what we can say. But other than that, please leave your cricket knowledge elsewhere. All of us who played with you know exactly how good you were. Something or the other, <laughs> he told Ramiz Raja on like on live television. You know, very nicely he said, "Look, we all know how you are, so please don't." But you know, anyway. So, but coming back to the Pakistani YouTube channel, so. After Shohei Bakhtar's channel, of course, Shohei Bakhtar is a master of self-promotion. And his channel, at least in the World Cup days, was fairly entertaining. The thing about Shohei Bakhtar is he's a very entertaining guy. You know, he doesn't, if he talks for 10-15 minutes, it's entertaining. You can you can watch it. He's, unlike many other cricketers who are deadly boring, he's actually a very interesting guy. And so his channel took off. Of course, how much it took off and how much of it was Shohei, Shohei Bakhtar bragging that it took off is, is another thing, but that's part of Shohei Bakhtar's charm. So after that, what's happened is every Pakistan player from the 90s has his own YouTube channel. So recently when, 
I don't know if you were following the story when I think it was Shoaib Akhtar who said that Danish Canaria was discriminated against in the dressing room because he was a Hindu. Yes, yes, I, I, I saw that, yeah. Yes. So once he said that, you know, there was a rush of hate comments on his YouTube saying that he's doing that to get YouTube views from India, which could be true. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that was the reason um and so then then the, the fun thing was that danish canaria came on one of the pakistani television shows which again is there on youtube and this guy keeps asking him what happened and he said mere youtube channel dekhiye mere youtube channel dekhiye or he's not he doesn't say anything except mere youtube channel dekhiye so <laughs> this this almost this desperate thing and sad to see all these you know whatever we might think of uh, pakistan in terms of you know the other things but there's no doubt not danish canaria but that 90s batch is possibly one the most talented 11 that i have seen and i've seen australians and i've seen west indies but if you just go down the 11 especially if you look at the bowling and if you look at the variation in that bowling in that everybody is basically can can be considered to be the best or second best in the different kind of bowling styles there's no way that that side can be beaten unless they were deliberately underperforming underperforming which brings us to the latest controversy on pakistan youtube so um, i just read that um, wasim uh, that amir sohel um, said that people are talk so oh, oh, and by the way for those of you interested there is a inzama mulhak channel there is a, a saklen mushtaq oh, channel wow. there is a mushtaq ahmed channel oh yeah uh, actually in zamamul haqs i mean saklen mustaq channel is just him talking to a camera uh, which is like the production quality is bad but uh, in zamam's channel is actually pretty well like he sits in a nice place with like professional cameras it's like but it's in zamamul haqs channel so everybody has a channel and then um uh, some of the like these guys um uh yunus khan is a regular on uh, yunus khan is a regular on uh shoebakhtar's channel and yunus khan actually comes off very different in the channel than he, the way he was uh, in real life so in real life you would think that he was this really nice guy this really soft spoken guy who didn't like talk much who didn't sledge but you know on the channel and it might be a put on act but he he's he's pretty nasty <laughs> that's what i would say he's pretty nasty shoeb is actually shoebakhtar isn't nasty he's like a crazy guy but there is something about him you can't take him seriously and you can kind of think that there's nothing inherently nasty about the guy he's you know he's just he's just insane but you but there's a, there's an inherent likability about him and i say that with every sense of irony but there's there's a likability of about shoheb akhtar when you kind of look at him he's an nice he's, he's, he's a nice guy he's a nice guy he would like to sit down and like you know have a drink with him but some of the pakistani cricketers you're not sure because they wouldn't have a drink but anyways whatever whatever it is they have ruwabza but uh but 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 coming back to so but i am inherent yes all of you know i i love the pakistan cricket team of the 90s um and i love the 90s so when this controversy again started about so what happened was amir sohail said some com um, you know made some comment on the line of um that Uh, the you know people keep talking about our 1992 world cup win but um, nobody keeps talk- nobody says anything about the fact that we should have won 1996 1999 and 2003 world cup w- was it not for wasim akram of course this is you know this is amir sohail and uh, you know showing the bat to venkatesh prasad talking that he thinks that everybody else is a pushover and they would have won all the three world cups and basic thing was it was because of wasim akram and then he brought up match fixing and the kayum commission so for those of you who did or didn't know have you ever read the kayum commission report uh, vikram no have you heard of the kayum commission in in passing it's been ages but yeah that was uh, so, whatever some retired judge or some someone right yes so what happened was that for those of you who are not aware a little bit of history so salim malik was again amir sohail salim guy so um, salim malik was named by mark war tim may and um, mark war tim may and shane war as the actual person who came to them and approached them with money from bookies to to 
throw a game. Now, once you know these three had made a direct accusation on Salim Malik, that was what precipitated the Kayum investigation, which was, if you read the transcripts, if you read the report, which is available online, it basically says, it basically names nine Pakistani cricketers as being involved in match fixing, including Wasim Akram, Inzamam, every name, Mushtaq. Um, but it decided to punish only two people. Later, Justice Kayum said, and this is extensively quoted by Salim Malik and Amir Sohel, that I didn't punish the rest because I was their fan. So, and they always say that, that that's what he said. Um, so you free go go free to read it. It's, it's very explosive and it's very direct. It doesn't pull any punches. There is like names are taken and Wasim Akram, as far as I know, was fined. But he obviously did not face any censure and none of the other people faced any kind. So the only two people who had essentially their careers ruined was Salim Malik. And that was because Salim Malik's career was any case in any case over at that point. Yeah, well past his prime, right? Well past his prime. Of course, he didn't think so. But I think that was a fair assessment to make. And the last was Ataur Rahman. So many of you who didn't follow cricket in the 90s would possibly never have heard of the name of Ataur Rahman. But uh, for those of you who who followed that 1996 quarterfinal with Pakistan, Ataur Rahman was the guy who replaced Wasim Akram in that 11. Because Wasim Akram, and that was in that Wasim Akram um, pulling out of the game uh, in the 11th hour, just before the toss. It's, it's an enormously controversial thing in, in Pakistani cricket. And there is there are lots of fingers that point to him. And Salim Malik, or, there was some, some great, great TV with Salim Malik actually saying, look, you know, I had told Wasim the day before and we, when we had gone to the stadium to practice that, look, man, if you're not playing tomorrow, tell us now. Let these guys prepare for the shock of their captain. Tomorrow is a huge match. And he kept on saying, no, I'm going to be playing tomorrow. I am perfectly fine. Even though Salim Mali kept on saying that it was very obvious that he wasn't. And then, boom, on the morning he pulls out, Amir Sohel goes for the toss. Even the Pakistani cricketers are like shocked to see Amir Sohel going for the toss. They still think Wasim Akram is playing. And uh, Ataur Rahman walks in and plays that game. So Ataur Rahman was this, um, you know, in that extremely talented Pakistani pace bowling side. I mean, in, in India, he would at that point of time, he might have been like after Srinath or after Srinath and Venkatesh. He possibly would have slotted in at number three, way ahead of, uh, let's say, Doda Ganesh or, Dododa Ganesh or uh, Debashish Mohanty. But in Pakistan team, he was like, uh, he was like, you know, way down the pecking order. So they obviously needed a, they obviously needed a scapegoat. So they made, Atau Rahman, the scapegoat. So there were two people who were banned. One was a guy whose career was finished and another was a guy whose name you've never heard of. Now, this thing, now, the thing is, I don't know when you've started following Pakistani cricket, but my Pakistani, my, my like love for the Pakistani cricket team, and I genuinely say that love for it, as, as somebody who loves cricket, I really enjoyed watching Pakistan play. It was not just I mean, I, I found I, England is obviously an extremely boring side, and tr- tremendously, tr- not the England side of now, but it's always been a terrible side to watch. I didn't really also enjoy, honestly, watching the Australian side either, even at its best. It wasn't. But with Pakistan, it was just that explosive mixture of like, just watching Wakar bowl or Wasim bowl. It's just, you know, the height of what bowling can be, what fast bowling can be, even Shoheb Akhtar, even like when he had three of them bowling together again those uh, Wakar and Wasim were kind of on the way out and Shoheb was at his best so they never were all three of them were not at their best but Akif Javed Akif Javed um, Shoheb Akhtar, Akif Javed Wasim Akram and uh, and Wakar did play when they were at their best all together 
so but my love for the pakistani team actually predated their arrival and this kind of betrays how old i am but also shows how young i was when i started following cricket so my like the first series that i really remember i wouldn't say i remember but it's kind of seared into my mind was the 1982 series where india toured uh, pakistan so this was the series in which the indian spinners vishen singh bedi chandrashekhar and prasanna this was their last series they were basically hit out of their attack in pakistan in those days also the fact was that for that the british and the australians and even the west indians the, the only weakness they had was against spin and then we went and toured pakistan who were as good as us in spin and helping the pakistan no doubt was the fact that it, it was their umpire so this was the dreaded like shakur anna and all of those guys so there was absolutely no way that miadad was going to be out i mean it would because the the problem with miadad friend any of you who remember seeing miadad bat was that he had the shane watson problem which is his pad came first his first reaction was he played the pad that that's that was his you know unlike let's say as 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 zahir abbas who was not like that so it's much more difficult to get a zahir abbas lvw when he is at his full form than to get miadad miadad lvw is like waiting to happen because of the way he used to bat so if you take out lvw in in pakistan for miadad he's basically you cannot dismiss him because you can't hit his wicket because his pads will come before that and otherwise he won't get caught or anything else so the only way you can get him out is lvw it's actually the easiest thing to get him is lvw and there's no lvw in pakistan when it comes to a pakistani batsman so that series was essentially we were decimated in the field by the three three batsmen um, zahir zahir abbas mudashir nazar those of you might not have heard of him but he was an all rounder and he just things were so bad that they couldn't even get him out and then there was of course miadad and by the time the indians would come on to bat they would be in terrible state they would have been out on the field for two and a half days and then imran khan would just run through them like knife through butter he was imran khan was virtually unplayable in those days there might have been some ball tampering involved also ball banana but he was basically unplayable and that also that series also finished the career of gunda vishwana so some of the i mean that series was a kind of a landmark series because it kind of um was the it the 70s essentially ended in 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 that series it was like what dharkan was for the 90s that was for the 70s it just basically the 70s ended and the 80s began so the, and 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 one of the batsmen who kind of made his i not 100% sure but he i think he played in that series for the first time was salim malik and salim malik's kind of arrival on the scene was in a 1987 or 86 87 game in eden gardens when um, krishnamachari srikanth scored a century and pakistan were chasing and the i don't recall it was 86 or 87 and the asking run rate like india were winning they were just totally decimating pakistan in that game and the required run rate at the point of time was somewhere like 7 or 8 which in those days if you want to compare it nowadays it's like a asking run rate of 15 in the last 10 overs with virtually no batsman left and then salim malik just went berserk just went berserk i like we didn't see you know hitting like that in those days he was like at that point of time nobody kind of knew salim malik he was again one of those guys who batted and then suddenly he just announced his arrival with it's all pakistanis do they kind of come of age in a game with india exception is of course inzamam who came of age in that game against new zealand but but he was he just I mean, that was when a people okay there's an and then the thing with india had started with the 86 loss in charge is that whenever we had pakistan on their knees somebody would stand up and destroy india it didn't matter who it was but we would get defeated and that ultimately was broken in 96 in that world cup game in which imran in which miadad was run out and i thought that that was when the spell was broken finally you know almost like 15 years down the road <laughs> 10 years down the road that that it ultimately went but see the thing about pakistan that 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 great pakistan team was you know there was a there was an when they played against india they played with passion there was a strange kind of and this is very difficult to analyze because there was almost a strange kind of passionate hatred of the idea of india 
they would stretch themselves to beat india that they couldn't do with other countries but it's strange because on the on the personal front and many people across from pakistan and india have said that they were the best of friends i've read like i used to have all the shoes of sports star in those days in in the 80s and in the 90s and there was like they i remember reading somebody it's not imran it was somebody else who said that you know when we travel outside we just don't have anything in common with uh, you know the english cricketers or the australian cricketers we we kind of find out you know when they were touring in england if there's indians any any indian cricket player anybody they would like go there try to go there to just talk to him because there was nobody that they could kind of talk to about cricket except indians and then they could share the same music and they could like, eat the same kind of food and obviously they were not comfortable in english also the, i don't so there was this uh, sports world once came out with this issue on it's a long time ago man almost like 30 years where miada um, so this was a story it's like the great in the great cricketers you know talking about some of their funny anecdotes so imran khan said that he was in some party with javed miada uh where some british lady was asking uh, javed miandad does the equator pass through pakistan okay does the equator pass through pakistan and uh, so imran was i was just walking by and she was asking him and javed was like just sh- shaking his head like he had no idea what equator was of course and she she kept on asking and she asked him twice or thrice so does the equator pass through pakistan and then javed me answered yes quetta is in pakistan <laughs> <laughs> so um so that was but but the fact is they in and and with javed me that you know that his that his son is married to daud ibrahim's daughter right yes yes so you know uh, i mean he's <laughs> he really doesn't like us <laughs> let's just put it politely he doesn't like us so um it, it, it was this kind of a strange relationship um but and, and so but even if you watch uh, today's pakistani youtube channel you would see something very very i mean they still hate india so they would any discussion about indian cricket today they will they will always start by saying look Indian cricket is at a place where we cannot even hope to reach anymore. There was a time in which, and they always say that, and this is like every generation of Pakistani players who come on YouTube will say the exact same thing. India was always a terrible country in cricket. We would laugh at them. Beating them was like taking candy from a baby. You know, they were unworthy of us as a team. They were just simply they, they use these words. They're just unworthy of us as a team. They were like. you know it was i think shoaib akhtar once said you know the only thing was how soon will we beat them and be able to go home but then the thing is the politicians siyasat and all this they ruined this game they ruined cricket in pakistan and at that point of time they will grudgingly acknowledge the contribution of ganguly and dhoni they'll say that it was before that they were crap they were very lucky to get two great leaders one after another ganguly and dhoni took them from this stage to this stage and from that stage to another stage where we cannot hope to reach and then of course india ipl and everything comes in you know, they have more money their politicians they they actually say their politicians are not as corrupt as ours are they actually do something for their country look at our politicians they are crazy and of course their greatest age is you know ends with imran khan now obviously everybody says that everybody who came after imran khan is a crook which normally means wasim akram imran khan is obviously beyond reproach um, and definitely after he came to power because i think if any of them say anything about imran khan they'll find themselves with jail in jail next morning and with black lentils smeared on their bodies so <laughs> i don't think anybody would dare to say anything about imran khan at this but after imran khan it all went to hell in a handbasket and i remember i mean they, the fact is they're so dismissive about other people like salim malik was in an interview and he was saying that the bangladeshi team of the 90s like the the game that they lost in 99 he's obviously saying the match was fixed he said you know that bangladeshi team was so pathetic that you know my habib bank team in the 90s would beat them every time they would play that was, they were that bad i played for habib bank you know forget the pakistani national team the habib bank team would beat them and this is you know this is the most sober guy among all of them talking about a rival team you know so the it's not just india it's just the disrespect they had for every other team 
this is not india they're talking about bangladesh in this case and you just felt that you know you know what kind of arrogance i mean i'm not saying that they didn't throw that bangladesh game but also that the kind of arrogance that it comes from that my habib bank team can beat a national team in bangladesh and in bangladesh were not that great but they were not that bad either even in the 90s so and some and and the fact is they you know they, they i believe that they don't say what they actually want to say about indians it's not because they have a respect for indians but because youtube views i think most of their majority of their views come from india so they kind of treat india gently but even then they always say that india was a terrible terrible cricket country it they can't play couldn't play cricket and then after ganguly and dhoni now of course now of course they always make fun of their own team and they say you know indian should send their like second and third you know third level third 11 team to pakistan we would gladly take all their batsmen um they were talking i think remember in one of them they they were talking about karun nair and somebody said this guy scored a triple century in pakistan if he somebody had scored a triple century he would play for the next 15 tests eyes closed this guy got two more tests and nobody's ever heard of him can you somebody please give us karun nair at least we'll be happy with him he, will, <laughs> he can play with us for another 15 tests we, we nobody knows where that guy is so you would have to convert level. of course Yeah, I mean, God knows what will happen to Karun. Now he'll become very Karun there, <laughs> very sad. <laughs> but but uh, but he will. But he has. But we wish we they, they were they were that state that you know, tremendous India's rejects. I mean, in India they have so much talent and they have so many options that if somebody doesn't score a triple century and then doesn't perform in one or two tests or he just gets an injury. and that's it that's the end of his career nobody will come back to him ever again there'll be a new guy who will come next year who's who will be the flavor of the season and they will he'll play and then after two seasons you'll never hear of him again another guy will come up and so they they and and, and look at our guys we have to go back to all these rejects like fawad alam and all these people who were kind of like the, at their best in like 2010 we are going back to them so you know that's that's the state that we are in um so coming back to the latest controversy so the apparently the controversy began in <laughs> salim malik's daughter's wedding so uh, in one of the interviews amir sohel was saying that he what he had done was he had gone to he had apparently gone to wasim akram so wasim akram is of course very close with the imran khan administration nowadays because obviously he's imran khan's personal friend that's well known and imran khan brought wasim akram and they they were like chatty buddies with of course imran khan i the lentil joke is never far away anyway but they were very good friends and i think he's been made he's been given some big position now in the pakistan cricket board wasim akram not saying that he doesn't deserve it but it's also true that he is he's in very much in the good books of the current cricket administration so apparently what amir sohel had told wasim akram that it's time that uh, you know you should uh, bring some of your old pals back into the pcb and see that is really the core of all of these uh, emo videos on youtube the one of the biggest problems with pakistan ex cricketers is despite there there's no doubt that despite their amazing talent they haven't made the money that they should have with the exception of wasim akram wasim akram is the guy who you know he's been an ipl coach he's kind of had a very successful um in a commentary career Mm-hmm. and 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 the kind of guy he is i mean he's you know he's you know the, the way he comes across on camera he looks like afro looks like a hero man he look i mean he, he talks so well he's so brilliant when in the way he talks he comes across well and just you know look at less brand endorsements right yeah, he does man he, he's he's just and and they're jealous of him you can just you mean the jealousy just seeps through they make no of course so about the things that he is as suave and as awesome as wasim akram but obviously he isn't um he's he he has a put on accent and in the things he does i mean he does say some fun things but he does, he's nowhere at the level of wasim akram when it comes to analysis or it when it comes to you know the, the sheer persona that wasim akram has i mean i'm a guy and i can say okay wasim akram is a handsome hot guy Okay, even at this age, and eh, he kind of exudes that. Wouldn't say that about Shoaib Akhtar. He he looks like like Hulk got on the wrong side of the bed now. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and he the thing is they they're monstrously jealous of wasim akram their dress you know wasim akram comes into india and he, i don't know if you know but he does all these corporate events where he speaks he just called to speak he talks about cricket he talks about you know leadership and you know wasim akram is diabetic also i don't know if you know that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's a he's a, he's a type 1 diabetic he's an extremely fit guy you know with type 1 diabetes so here's a great story here's a story that you know people will pay to hear multiple times you know how type 1 diabetic you know no no dada in sport you know just you know comes bowls three balls uh, imran khan sees him and just takes him to new zealand he hasn't played a first class game you know it's a great great story and you know none of these other guys have like great stories or even if they do they can't just put it into these words so they enormously jealous of wasim akram and of course it also goes without saying that you know it's in, in a very talented team it's also true that wasim akram is the most talented uh, player in that inside i would rate him much better than higher than imran khan and he's you know if i would say he possibly is the greatest all round player that i have seen you know for sachin and all but you know in terms of just the fact you know his his bowling his leadership you know even his batting if people don't remember his batting but you know today's t20 game he would be he would be in an andre russell kind of thing that you know if he would play 10 balls and he could clear the boundary he couldn't last more than 10 or 15 balls but in t20 games I and mean, that's all you need to do he can he is very likely to give you like 25 runs in 10 balls match after match plus that level of bowling plus he was a decent fielder too for the in those in 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 that day and age of course and he was very fit so there is obviously this jealousy of wasim akram so again what amir sohel told wasim akram that look we you we all know what you did in the 90s with the kayum commission report it's time that you did some basically did some price check and the name he brought up was to ataur rehman so ataur rehman apparently according to amir sohel is so poor that he drives a cab in london now and ataur rehman then made a video it's there on youtube it's a very short video where he comes and he's sitting in a car which i guess is the car that he drives and he was in you know, almost in tears and saying look i have nothing left uh, my my children are now grown up enough to you know google and find my name on yeah, and ask me you know dad you know what did you do um and i didn't do anything everybody knows that my name was given there just because basically i was expendable and Uh, you know this is what's happened to my career and i demand justice so there's you know it's, it's really sad to to see you know somebody who's played cricket at the highest level being reduced to that um and you know based on you know my common sense says yeah it's most likely that he was the scapegoat maybe he did something but whatever he did wasn't enough for the punishment he got compared to the people who were let off his colleagues who were let off just because they were essentially better cricket players and indispensable um so now that he said that to wasim akram obviously wasim akram possibly brushed him off and that pissed i believe that pissed amir sohel enough to go and then make the statement so he's now been going on these shows and um with salim malik and one of the things which i saw was they had an interview with salim malik and he they were showing as a pride of like pride his in his living room there's a picture of him with azaruddin so my thing was if you're trying to say that you were innocent maybe that's not the picture you should be repeatedly be focusing on <laughs> <laughs> maybe not okay there's a picture of a very young azaruddin and a very young salim malik like kind of like very 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 affectionately hugging each other and that's like the it's like hangs in a very prominent position on his living room like he's very proud of that and another picture that hangs right next to it and he's very proud of that is a picture of him with sunil shetty and sunil shetty doesn't seem too happy in that picture which is you know with salim malik and salim malik is basically almost pouncing on sunil shetty in that you know, like he's like the fanboy <laughs> trying to get a picture with sunil shetty and sunil shetty is like you know keep your distance kind with of with his naive face उटरी <laughs> 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 
once you think about what both of them have been accused of but yeah those hang and and that just goes to show the the kind of relationship that pakistani players and those has had with indian players i mean even after so many years you know he's the things that he's really proud of in his life are a picture is with with azaruddin and a picture with sunil chetty that's what he's proud of you know that's really his and uh, it was very interesting thing what 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 salim malik was saying and um, so salim malik in his he didn't he never says that i didn't take money but <laughs> but but he does say that look that um, let's first try to understand that that test match that i that those three australians accused me of we won that test match so it's obvious that we didn't throw that test match i mean that should be obvious to, for everybody now according to amir sohel the way he puts it is that he and uh, salim malik were actually the honest guys in the team and that both of them that he, that, that he his name was didn't come up in kayum actually amir sohel doesn't come up so he has that moral he has the very rare i think moral stance to even say this but even salim malik was made the fall guy he was according to amir sohel salim malik if he had remained captain then we would have won the 96 world cup we would have won the 99 world cup but every time before the world cup wasim akram would uh, get his get his like hearth inside the pcb so that's what that's what the main thing is that they're saying and amir sohel made one very interesting comment that there are the officially in of course they blamed india for all of this so they said all the bookies are in india so it's basically in, of course i mean they have to blame india so you know we are like their pawns again that's one of their persistent narratives that the big villain is india we are stupid guys who act as their pawns we are stupid and we are criminal and we accept that but why don't they go to india that's everybody knows that's where all the bookies stay i mean the the the, the guys who are saying this essentially sheltered daud ibrahim who's like the biggest bookie in their country and then yeah he's arguably he's an indian citizen but you know we all know who who, who provides him shelter and succor so anyways that's of course uh, the cricketers but their main thing was that there are two sets of bookies one are the officially licensed bookies who have their tentacles in the pcb and apparently going up to the icc according to them and then there are the unofficial bookies and the guys who get punished are the guys who hook up with the unofficial bookies the guys who hook up with the official blessed bookies nothing ever happens to them this is basically the line that it was very interesting here hearing them hearing them say all of these things of course then they tried not to take names the pakistani journalists kept on saying and they said you know why should we take names of course they were you know go and read the kayum report the names are all there and so this guy said okay all right so i i understand you're not going to take the names but do you agree with what was in the kayum report and the names and both uh, both amir sohel and salim malik said yes which i found amazing because salim malik is a name in the kayum reports <laughs> <laughs> right I don't know whether that was a confession but whatever it is he did say yes i agree with everything in the kayum report that's all true and um, so i found that very very interesting because this was a time when i of course when when azaruddin was accused I've, i've said this before on the podcast i mean that was the day i cried actually when i was in the us i couldn't believe that this guy who i idolized growing up would would actually turn out this way because i my my favorite batsman growing up wasn't sachin wasn't definitely was not sort of ganguly definitely wasn't it became much later it was never rahul dravid it was only azaruddin i have almost like an emotional connect with azaruddin because i was there um in eden gardens where the day was basically washed out but it was his second test when second test i think when he scored three successive centuries so i we watched him when he was just coming on to that and i watched him score like 180 against england there's a magical innings in eden gardens i saw it live it was just brilliant batting so i have this basically because i have seen him at his best in front arnab but uh, you you yourself told us right that he as per the movie he took the money so that others don't get tempted yes 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 so that was that that is that is his version of the story and again that that's that that movie is amazing as i as i told you this like 
Sangeeta Bijlani dancing and his wife is getting, getting around <laughs> Sangeeta Bijlani. He said, wow, how hot she is. She's so hot. And he's like, oh, no, no, this is terrible. I, I can't look at this. I can't look at this. I mean, this is, this is the level to which this, this movie goes to. I mean, this movie is horrendously, horrendously, uh, I mean, this is horrendous PR for Atharuddin. I mean, it just t- takes out all his humanity. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. But uh, the Pakistani thing is interesting. For those of you, I, I urge you to go and like YouTube. And of course, there's one person I've forgotten in all of this is it's the great Basit Ali. So, <laughs> so Basit Ali, for those of you who don't remember or shouldn't remember, was a very short-lived batsman who was okay, decent in terms of he was, but he was accused of, uh, he was accused of, of course, match fixing. I think his name comes up in Kayum report also. And he was, again, I think one of the people who lost his spot. So it was not just Atau Rehman and Salim Mali, but it was also Basit Ali. And Basit Ali is most famous nowadays for basically coming on television and essentially blasting India. for. So during the World Cup, he accused India of having intentionally lost that game so that Pakistan gets eliminated. And so he, he's essentially, he knows everything. Their IPL is totally fixed. They're all bookies. All Indians are bookies. All Indian team, everything is corrupt. ICC is like the, Pakistan is being deliberately, you know, there's a conspiracy. Pakistan team has been brought down by sinister ICC conspiracy hashed by India. So he, he comes on television. That's his standard spiel. Like he is, he, he goes to places where nobody else would dare to go. And it's fun given the fact that he's a convicted felon, essentially. <laughs> in, 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 in cricketing terms, is that it comes from him. There's, of course, the lighter version of him, which is Sikandar Bakht. I don't know if you remember, but Sikandar Bakht was like in the 80s, in the Imran Khan era. He was like, uh, like Af- Imran Khan, Safraz Nawaz, and the third bowler was uh, Sikandar Bakht. Um, I don't know how 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 much cricket you used to follow in in those days, oh, but there was this generation of there was this generation of cricketers that came before uh, the golden generation. One of the great cricketers of that era was a guy called Wasim Raja. Yes, Wasim Raja name rings a bell, but uh, the other one no. So Wasim Raja is Ramiz Raja's elder brother. Yes, and yeah. and Wasim Raja was. Uh, was like a cool, like they were like, like Wasim Raja, when he would go to West Indies, he would go and uh, he was the only West, he was the only Pakistani guy who would be like a major six hitting guy in those days. And the West Indians used to love him. He would also apparently go and smoke stuff with the West Indians and come back. And he was this totally cool dude. It was like the most unlike any Pakistani cricketer of those days was Wasim Raja. And he was you know, he was considered to be like the best fielder in Asia at that point of time. Um, he was a very, very hard hitting batsman and a very economic left arm bowler. He was again one of the guys, I I think that he would have been a T20 rock star. He just missed that boat. He wasn't a guy who would in a test match, for instance, score like a double century. He didn't have that amount of staying power. But when he stayed, when he batted, he was a very, very aggressive again for, for that age. And for those of you who there's in Sultan of Delhi too, there is this part where one of the characters actually talks about the heroism of Wasim Raja <laughs> and, and why he's, why this guy admires Wasim Raja more than anybody else, like more than Imran Khan or anybody. But that's just a little flavor of what Sultan of Delhi too is. But yeah, Wasim, Wasim Raja was a very special talent. But again, this is, this is before, this is before, um, um, the Wasim Akram comes and that's kind of, uh, you know, Wasim Akram 85 aroundish 84. I mean, Wasim Akram and Azaruddin make their debuts together. And then Wakar comes in at a- around 87 uh, with Sachin series. And that's when there was, there were other bowlers, like there was a guy called Wasim Jafar. Um, they were started to get, you know, kind of phased out with another, you know, a different class of bowlers. And you know, we, when we had Joy, Joy was talking about what a great bowler Saklane was, um, and you would, you would, and that that's where really it comes down to that Pakistan was such a great team that you even wondered how they would lose with a Wasim, Wakar, Akif, uh, Saklane, and uh, Mushtaq, Mushtaq. I mean, with this side, uh, with this level of bowling, and then there was like, you know. This, this is just, and then later on there was Afridi as like a bowling all rounder. There was you just want you know, the amount of choice that they had, and you know, look at what we were struggling with in those days. 
what we had to work with. We were working with Noel David and, and all these people that they had this. So some of the, some of the arrogance that the Pakistanis have is justified. It is justified with the data, but you know, some of the, this, the way they talk about their opponents is again, maybe part of that whole Punjabi Pakistani machismo, but it just sounds like really arrogant and crappy coming from them, especially when you look at where they are in the cricketing world. Now you kind of think, you know, you know what you guys deserve this. You guys just in the way you look at, you know, one of the things about, you know, I believe in any sport and isn't in life is you have to give your opponents that amount of respect. And if you start disrespecting your, if you start dis, I mean, it's, it's okay. One thing to dominate them. I don't think that the Australians in that respect, or I don't know whether perhaps they were just dishonest. They perhaps they never talk about their opposition like that, but Australians are nasty to, a, they're nasty to individuals. Okay, they, they're more likely to say something about your when Pakistanis were never played cricket like that. In general, with India, it was a, it was very you know, civil. Anything Pakistan, you know, you have in Zamamul Haq and just beating, you know, that Alu thing was not somebody on the field. It was somebody from outside. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think you, there was this time when uh, Anil Kumble sledged uh, uh, this guy, Yusuf Yohana. And uh, Yusuf Yohana just lost, I think he latest. I think it was some television program. I saw. He said, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that him of all people in the world would be sledging me. I just couldn't like, I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. This is the kind of behavior you get from Australians or, you know, New Zealand days. I get it. But from India, this guy, so in, on one hand, they, they just couldn't, one sort of Ganguly came in and people started speaking. And of course, now with Virat Kohli, I believe it's gone to the other extreme where, you know, it's, he needs to be pulled back in. This is, this is not the way also that India should be playing cricket. Um, I believe that some of the things that he does and some of the gestures he, he makes to us and it's just way, way, way across the line. I and mean, he's a champion batsman, but he will not be remembered with fondness if this is the way he continues to behave. I think Dhoni was the perfect guy, right? He never... He was aggressive, but he never himself said anything. There were people like Harbhajan and, 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 and Yuvraj and these people. He used them to a certain extent to get underneath the skin. But then he would know, okay, if, if you've gone beyond something, he would pull you back in. It was very strategic with him, uh, which, was, which was perfectly fine. Uh, but coming back to Pakistan again, for those of you who love the era, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people will today's podcast, they'll just totally skip over everything. Who cares about Pakistan cricket in the 90s? But if you like drama and if you love cricket, like cricket truly in the way that cricket is supposed to be played, not, you know, mindless people in an IPL competition playing for money, playing for their contracts, but cricket for your life. India-Pakistan cricket while we were growing up was cricket for your life. People, 22 people went out on the ground as if their lives depended on it. Not, not the kind of, you know, game in which people are preserving themselves for the next match, dialing themselves in, you know, Andre Russell saying, oh, I have to keep my thigh for the next game. Oh, I have to keep my thighs so that they're still working. My legs are working for CPL. No, not that kind of game, but game where people just go there to die for their country. Then you have to, appreciate or and some of the videos are there now i've in this lockdown i've been watching some great youtube videos of uh, games in australia played in 1980s early 1980s games which i of course didn't see but like greg chapel uh, batting against india very very rare very very the alan border and uh, alan border and john dyson opening the batting for australia and then greg chapel coming one drop so those videos, like 45-minute, 50-minute videos, so th- they go into fairly great level of detail of the game. They're all there on YouTube. I think they're very decently, they have been put up. And so any, any of you who love that era of cricket, like I do, strongly recommend that you watch it because before somebody makes some kind of crazy copyright claim and takes those videos down. So there is like very rare footage of Vivian Richards batting in the early 80s in Australia. In a time when the production values of Channel 9 was way better than anything in the world. So, of course, they look dated nowadays, but they still look pretty good. Um, and you'll, you'll get to see, like, I saw this one day, the, the one day that I'm uh, talking about, which had Gundappa Vishwanath um, batting. 
So I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen before a one day international in which Gundappa Vishwanath was batting. The one down was Ashok Malhotra. Uh, Vikram Mohan. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have never heard of Ashok Malhotra, right? No. No, <laughs> that's why that's why I'm one generation above you. I'm guessing. So I've seen Ashok Malhotra. Ashok Malhotra was this I, a guy who never understood why he was in the Indian cricket team, but he was apparently in the he was Kapil Dev's prodigy. So there were two people from Haryana who were playing. One was Ashok Malhotra. I think he was from Haryana, and then there was of course Chetan Sharma, who all of us have heard. Chetan Sharma, of that yes. of course because of that one delivery he bowled. <laughs> but uh, this is on this only for reason uh, you remember chetan sharma i think he made fun of that also in that uh, in, in in that uh, uh, vivek oberoi thing where he was a commentator uh, but yeah I, i strongly recommend you watch the pakistani the, the 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 different pakistani youtube shows that the players have started there was very, there was very nice one on inzamam there was before i leave there's this very nice one that inzamam did on the 1992 world cup where uh, <laughs> inzamam i think this was this uh, apparently in 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 australia the showers are all open so when you when you when you take off your clothes you're basically bathing naked in front of your uh, in, <laughs> in front of and this this apparently was something which was so shock was so shocking for inzamam that he still remembers it um so he said that you know he had a terrible world cups before that new zealand game um he said before i went there my average was like 60 or something so it was not that i didn't deserve to be in that side but then i i was having a terrible time and during one of the and he didn't mention who it was but he said i was in the shower when this another pakistani guy i think i know who it is um but uh, came in and he just abused me right to my face saying that you know bec- you know because people like you have like connections uh, you are in this side you don't deserve to be here i mean you're a disgrace and he said i was almost in tears after the, the way he talked to me and i just stayed silent and just listened to him because he was a senior guy and i was in the shower like that and this guy comes up to me and just just says terrible things to my face about who i am and why i am in this you know and that i should be ashamed of myself and then he was saying you know the only person who didn't lose faith in me was imran khan i mean everybody was saying that this guy is he's outclassed this is not the place for him but he insisted he said no this person will play every game till the end of this tournament i will assure him that and he said you know because he gave me that he was the only person who gave me that backing that was why i could play that innings otherwise i was a mess i was an emotional mess by that time because i was i was in self doubting myself i you know when somebody talks to you like that in front of your entire team you know how are you and this is my first major series outside in what i was very young then i just didn't know what to do i was totally lost and you can understand you know his you know his english and everything is in australia in those days no internet you know and then to be you know then to be kind of bullied by one of his teammates you know how much it so this very nice some of those things when when they're not talking about india or, or how awesome they were there's some nice there's some nice insights into into the and i i wish indian cricketers of those age also had their own youtube channels i would love to hear stories uh, of those days but apparently the people don't uh, i for some reason that the i haven't seen like a youtube channel of noel david or doda ganesh or uh, I, i wish they did i wish they came came and you know talked about their experiences um because i would love to hear what they have to say i mean we we get to hear harbhajan singh and yuvraj singh on all everything nowadays and not honestly there's an over exposure for those guys i honestly all the stories have been told even saurav ganguly stories rahul david stories we've all heard them i want to hear these guys stories and i wish that some of these people who possibly you know it also gives them some way of getting revenue so you know, honestly they were, they didn't make a lot of money so perhaps there's a there's a good opportunity for them to come on youtube and have their own channels uh, we will not let their welcome to come on the podcast too <laughs> right they also absolutely as anybody has any contacts among us listening and ha- could make a connection with any ex cricketer who has played i would love to have would love to have them on the show um and we could talk about you know pretty much everything uh, about cricket And as you would have noticed that you know barring one or two names the names and everything fly off very freely from my tongue in the sense that i 
it almost appears that I seem to they're still here for me. I sometimes forget the names of cricketers who have played like two seasons before in like Paul Valthati. I will perhaps forget who he is very soon. But if Paul Valthati had played in the 80s, I definitely would have remembered him. Actually, I'll still remember Paul Valthati even though he didn't play in the 80s. But that's he was great thing. in that one season of IPL though. Yes, he was great in Good that job. one season of IPL and then kind of first, you know, kind of God knows what happened to him, but he kind of looked like every man, like with specs and everything coming in. He just, I liked him a lot. I just, you know, there's some people who I just wish succeeded. And he was one of the guys who it's kind of rooting for. You know, it would have been a great story. I mean, Praveen Tamde, for instance, another guy who you just, whenever he comes to bowl, you want to root for him. You want to say, I want this guy to succeed. And some people who you, honestly, you you want them to succeed, but there's a part of you which also, you know, the, the, Hardik, the Hardik Pandyas of the world, you know, just, <laughs> but, but, but then there's some guys who just you know kind of wish them to succeed and Paul Valdhati was one of them anyways so this was the show for today um, I hope you liked it and uh, you know send in questions and uh, let's have a let's have a let's have a question round of questions uh, let's have a question round of episode you know the, the one sometimes we do where we take in audience questions yeah sure and yeah. it's been a while since we had one of those so let's do that Absolutely. So that's our podcast for today. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, one great way to let Arnab know is to head over to his Patreon page too. And that's uh, patreon.com slash great bong. And we'll also have a link to the Justice Kayam report that Arnab spoke about uh, in the show notes. Along with that, Arnab, if you, you know, if you recommend a few YouTube channels specifically, I know you mentioned a few. So we'll yeah. So if you just type, well. so, so I would say that the best YouTube channel again. I would say the ones that are worth watching consistently for Shoya Bakhtar is good, co- good controversial. Good controversial content is Shoya Bakhtar. He is this this nice way of letting people open up, and he also interjects with enough interesting things. And uh, some of the some of the um, reminiscing of uh, in Zimbabwe. There's also a very nice episode on uh, very very nice episode on Bob Ulma by Inzamamul Haq, where you kind of can see the depth of the depth of the love that he has for, uh, for, for Bob Ulma. And it's, it's, it's strange that, you know, he doesn't have this amount of love for Javed Miyadad or any of the other Pakistani coaches, but there's just almost like he kind of basically almost says that he was like my family and you know, there's that death. I just haven't been able to get over it. So these are these very interesting insights into Right. Some of the yeah, and yeah. so in some in, in channel is also very well produced in the sense the lighting and everything are very very well done. It seems like he's in a studio, um, and so I think he he spends a little bit of money into doing it. But the other ones, the Saklen Mustak or the Danish Canaria ones, are like guy talking into his uh, webcam. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> right. So yeah, I'll, I'll add links to those as well. So. Uh, uh, I guess that that's pretty much it. So until next time, keep listening and uh, stay safe.